Hey, and thanks for tuning in to the Father's House podcast. The Father's House exists to see people discover life in Jesus. We hope that today's message brings you fresh life and renewed hope as you listen. Enjoy. Uh, hey, today you are in for an incredible treat, uh, and that is that you don't have to listen to me talk to you for the next couple of moments. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't like a, a way to, you know, find a compliment in there for myself. Um, no, today we have an, an amazing opportunity to hear from someone who's a part of our community here. And uh, I wanna give the appropriate introduction because I really think today can be significant for many of us in the room uh, and many of us also watching online. Uh, there's, obviously we're, we're grateful for all the people that God has called to be a part of the community here at the Father's House. And every single one of us is, is a gift for sure to the body. Uh, but there's occasionally times when people just kind of come across the, the, the church here. They, they find the way and get connected. And, and we're just like, we're blown away that God would give us a, a gift like this. Um, people that are just so significant in, in the way that they help foster a healthy, godly, spiritual community here. And uh, the gal that's gonna be bringing the word to us today is just that. She started out, her and her husband, uh, they started at the beginning of, of the Father's House here. They've been serving and, and building the, the community with us. But about a year ago, uh, Tanya came to us and she said, hey, I've got this gift. Um, uh, sorry, that sounded bad. Uh, uh, but there's something that God's called me to do. And uh, I, I'm, I'm a marriage and family therapist. I'm a counselor. I've worked for years with pastors and with churches and helping people get healthy in, the, in, in their mind. And uh, I really feel like God is calling me to be a part of doing that here at the Father's House. And so behind the scenes, uh, for many of our leadership team, and uh, even for the last couple of weeks, she's been walking a lot of us through some, uh, some mental health stuff and uh, emotionally healthy spirituality, a great curriculum that some of you might be doing in your groups to, to come, but she's just been a massive resource uh, to our leadership team, to my wife and I personally, and, and she truly is a gift to our body here. And so I want you to open your hearts and open your Bibles and open your notebooks and all that stuff, and I want you guys to receive the, the anointing and the gift that's on her life today as she comes as a counselor to do some couch, couch sessions with us here at the Father's House. So would you do me a favor? Would you welcome Tanya as she comes to bring the word today? Thank you. Whew, that was sweet. You know what, I wanna, before I start, I wanna say something. We have, we're so blessed in this church because we have the best pastoral team in the entire world. Right? It's true. But I was thinking some of you might actually be a little worried about them today because why would they give their pulpit to a therapist? She's gonna be giving us a lot of psychobabble today. But if it helps any of you to put you a little bit at ease, I did get my master's degree from a Christian seminary, had to take Old Testament, New Testament theology courses along with my psychology and my counseling classes. And I promise you, with all my experience and all my training, there is nothing more powerful than the Word of God to change lives. And I have been uh, doing therapy for 25 years, and in that time, I've worked with thousands and thousands, or spent, th not thousands and thousands of people, maybe. But I've spent thousands of hours in an office with people who are hurting and broken. And I can tell you the far majority of the time, that hurt comes from false mindsets. And so it's become my mission in life to help people change those negative lies that the enemy puts on them and to walk in all that Jesus has for them. And so that's my heart, that's my passion. Um, you know, when we think about these false mindsets, it's, it's these old scripts that can play through our heads, right? I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, I'm not smart, I'm a screw up, I'm never gonna amount to anything. And these mindsets are like a juicy steak. I, I, 
this is Tim's analogy. I'm just going to be honest with you because he's always talking about uh, Robin's food. Because when he first told me this, I was like, I don't ever marinate this way. But it is a lot like a juicy steak marinating in a bag of spices that they've allowed words and actions of other people to permeate their hearts and minds and to create a mindset for them. So I want to um, take this a little bit more personal and explain this to you by sharing a little bit of my story. So I was uh, two years old when my parents first divorced, and so I don't ever remember living in a household with both of them. And I'm told that I was a daddy's girl, but for the next mm, three, four years of my life, daddy disappeared. Uh, He went on the road uh, to kind of escape paying child support, and he was promoting country music, which that explains why he was doing drugs and alcohol as well, you know, country music. But... (laughs) Sorry, Micah. Um, But so he was out of my life for a good portion of those formative years. And we didn't ever really see him. Um, I know this is going to be really hard for you to believe, but back then we didn't have the internet. It didn't even exist. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have FaceTime. We weren't able to talk to each other that way. So occasionally there might be a letter. Uh, And actually once he sent us an audio recording on a cassette tape. It's a little square plastic turn. Doesn't matter. So that's way back. Uh, and so even when he came back into my life at about five or six years old, he wasn't the every other weekend kind of dad. He was the when it's convenient for me kind of dad. And so they put a label on my head, rejection. And actually the biggest label that I walked under for years was, you're not worth choosing. You're not good enough. You're not worth my time. And now that I busted my dad out, I do want to say this. Uh, My dad came to know the Lord and radically transformed his life. And I am here. I'm a Christian today uh, because of him. And actually, a lot of people in my family are serving the Lord today because of my dad. Um, So, but that label was still there. And even after I became a Christian, that label was still there. So fast forward into my teenage years, uh, I I meet this guy in high school, fall madly in love with him. He's the captain of the cross country team, so I joined the cross country team. I was a softball player. We don't run cross country, but I did that anyway. Um, And we dated all through high school. I already had the names of our children picked out. I knew I was going to marry this man. And then just before prom, he cheats on me, not once, but twice. And those labels just got hit again, just got reinforced. I knew something was wrong with me, so I had to make some changes. So one of the things I started doing was diet pills. Maybe that's what's wrong with me. I'm not pretty enough. I wanted to find, uh, I tried to find my uh, picture of myself back when I was a teenager. Sorry, couldn't find it. You would have liked the bangs, the 80s bangs. But I wish, all I'll say is this, if I could go back to that 18-year-old, I would say to her, honey, chill out, because when you're 50, you're going to wish you had this body. So just calm down, take good care of it now. But instead, I um, had this mindset, I had this belief, I had to change something about myself. So that led to putting myself on a diet, and I went off to college, and this mindset was still there. I got to a point where I was putting myself on a a 400-calorie-a-day diet. I think that's something like two apples, maybe. Uh, But I was still running cross country. I was on the softball team and I carried a full load of classes. So you really can't live on 400 calories a day and especially not 
with that type of uh, activity schedule. So occasionally I would binge and then I would feel guilty. So I would purge. So I was hurting myself. I had created these behaviors because of something a broken human being had put on me and I decided to believe. And I deal with this all the time. I work with people all the time who believe things that others have said about them and are living their lives hurting themselves because of these labels that others had placed on them that God is not his label, is not truth for them. And so my goal today is to give you a roadmap on how to change those negative mindsets. So let's pray and then we'll jump into the word. <sighs> Father, I just, I love you so much. You're a good, good father. And I just pray right now that you would help calm my nerves and help me to just speak truth today, God, just to give your word. And that everybody that's in this room and watching online, God, that you would just speak directly to their heart. If they have mindsets, if they have labels that they're walking under, just show them truth, God. Show them what you say about them. God, we just give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Let's jump into the word. So um, my life verse is Romans 12, one and two. Um, it's, you can find Romans 12, two on all of my counseling material. It's, I've created, if you've worked with me any kind of time, I've, you know that I've created a mindset visual around this verse. So let's read it um, out of the ESV. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service uh, of worship. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. In the first 11 chapters of Romans, Paul's been laying out for us all that Jesus did through his death and his resurrection. He's talking about the sinfulness of man and sinfulness of humanity and how in God in his amazing grace offers us justification through faith in Christ. We receive the righteousness of Christ, not achieve it, not earn it, but we receive it even when we didn't deserve it. And then we come to chapter 12 and he says, therefore, in light of all of this, in light of everything that Jesus has done for us, we are to offer our bodies as a living and holy sacrifice to him. Um, and I could spend the rest of this time talking about what it means to offer our bodies as a living and holy sacrifice. I could talk about the inappropriateness of engaging in um, inappropriate sexual behavior. I could talk about how handling the pandemic and all the loneliness with pornography is not healthy for you. I could talk about not turning to drugs or alcohol to calm yourself. I could talk about those things, but every one of those things starts with a thought. And so the part of our bodies that I wanna zero in on today is our brains. I wanna talk about how, how we think. Um, because how we think impacts how we feel, which determines our actions. Let me say that again. How we think impacts how we feel, which determines our actions. 
Um, through the study of neuroscience and the ability now to image our brains, we have learned a lot about our thought process. Um, we have a whole branch of psychology called positive psychology where we talk about gratitude, the attitude of gratitude, and actually know now that when we have gratitude, when we're thankful, and we're coming into Thanksgiving, but we focus on those thankful things, we actually can change the chemistry of our brain. Um, there's, it's funny, my husband worked for a while at UC Berkeley, and he had to go to a seminar for all the employees, and he texted me during the seminar, he's like, I feel like I'm in a Christian conference, because the secular psychologists were teaching about the importance of forgiveness, and how when we forgive, we actually can change the chemistry and even the structures of our brain. But this is not new information to us, right? We've known this for thousands of years. Scripture's full of information on our thinking. Uh, 2 Corinthians 10.5, take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Or how about Philippians 4.8? Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on these things. Or Proverbs 23.7, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. So, and there's so many more scriptures, right, that talk about our thinking and how important our thinking is. God created us. He knew that our thought processes had an impact on the physical structures of our brain. And so our thoughts matter. It's part of our act of worship. Have you ever thought about it like that? If we go back to verse one, our thoughts which are in our brain, which impact our brain, are part of our act of worship. So what you choose to focus on what you choose to think about is part of your act of worship to the Lord. So I wanna go back to uh, Romans 12 too. The scripture here says, do not be conformed to this world. But I like how N.T. Wright, one of my favorite theologians, uh, translates this. He says, what's more, don't let yourselves be squeezed into the shape dictated by the present age. I love that analogy. Don't let yourself be squeezed into the shape dictated by this age. What does this age dictate? What's the shape? Our world tends to measure our value on our performance. Think about that. As soon as you go off to school, kindergarten, first grade, you get evaluated on your performance. You get pluses and minuses, letter grades, number grades, right? All through school, we're evaluated on our doing, our performance. We go get a career, and we get evaluated on our performance with raises, promotions, bonuses, right? Our world values our doing. Our world also values our possessions. We judge each other based on the cars we drive and the houses we live in, and we look at our, the vacations we take or the clothes that we wear. So our world evaluates us, puts value on our possessions. It also puts values on our popularity, right? How many likes we get on the social media. And, and maybe check not, put a picture out there and we say, oh, I got 150 views, oh, 25 likes. Wow, I kind of failed on that one. <laughs> and a lot of you are laughing, but actually, <laughs> we put a lot of value on ourselves based on the responses on our social media. Or maybe we try to squeeze ourselves into a shape that some person has dictated for us, like we choose a career that our parents really wanted us to do, but it doesn't quite fit doesn't feel good, it's not us. Or maybe we have a certain behavior that we're doing because our boyfriend or our girlfriend wants us to do it, but it doesn't feel right, it doesn't feel like us. 
Or maybe we're squeezing ourselves into a shape that society has dictated to us based on our skin color or our ethnicity. My mother-in-law is an immigrant from Palestine. And when I first met her in the early 90s, we had gone to war with Iraq. And Brian and I are, uh, grew up in Michigan in, in an area of Detroit, which has a large Arabic population. And my mother-in-law was criticized and insulted and put down and things were said about her only because of her ethnicity. Nobody knew her. They didn't know anything about her except that she had an accent and she had an Arabic background. But they squeezed her into a shape. So society can do that to us. So many years ago, I had a client in my office and the label that she was wearing was misfit, don't belong anywhere. And she told me that as she was growing up in her family, her skin color was lighter than her siblings. So she was insulted. The butt of everyone's jokes kind of felt like an outcast. But when she went to school, her skin color was darker than most of the people in her class. And so again, she was ridiculed and, and, and treated like a misfit. And she just said to me with tears pouring down her cheeks, I just wish that everybody was colorblind. But she had squeezed herself into a shape that society had dictated to her. That's not God's narrative. God doesn't want us to be colorblind. He wants us to see color, not to judge it, but to celebrate it. He wants us to celebrate the beauty of his creation. That's God's narrative. So how do we do this? How do we not allow ourselves to be squeezed into the present culture? Well, we have to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And that word transformed in, in the Greek, the Greek word for transformed, it, it's where we get the word metamorphosis. And whenever I think of metamorphosis, I think of caterpillars becoming butterflies. Um, I was a homeschool mom. And so many springs, uh, we would have the butterfly garden and we'd watch the little caterpillars eat their way into a cocoon and then break out of these beautiful butterflies. Imagine, so, and a little fun fact for you, because I'm a homeschool mom, there are 20,000 species of caterpillars. So there, take that for today. Um, <laughs> But all the caterpillars in the world, they have a job. They have to eat a certain amount of protein to be able to create the cocoons so the butterfly can come out. So, but they're very tasty, these caterpillars. They're very juicy. And so they ha their defense mechanism is to blend in. They need to blend into their environment. So imagine when the butterfly comes out of the cocoon, if it's still thought like the caterpillar if it never realized its beautiful wings, that if it never exercised those wings or, or tried to fly, but it just thought like the caterpillar and still scrummaged around on the ground trying to find food, it wouldn't blend in because butterflies don't blend in. They're beautiful and colorful. So they're much more ripe to be pecked off if it were still thinking like a caterpillar. And this is the choice that we've been given. We can continue trying to squeeze ourselves into a shape that some human or humans dictated for us, or we can step into the shape that our creator, who molded us in our mother's womb, molded for us. There's no middle ground. We either are going to think like the caterpillar, or we're gonna step into that beautiful butterfly God created us to be. So how do we do that? Um, at the end of our uh, worship set today, we were singing the song, New Name. And Pastor talked a little bit about it, written by our own Jonah Vocal, very talented man. Um, and the chorus of that song says, Jesus, 
You have given us a new name, no longer known by our graves. You are rewriting history. We have a choice. Are we gonna allow Jesus to give us a new name and let go of our graves, our mistakes, the lies that people have told us, the labels that we've lived under? It said, the, the last part of that chorus says, you're rewriting history. Do you know that Jesus has the ability to redeem all our past? He can redeem our mistakes. He can redeem the labels that people put on us. He can redeem all of it, and he wants to. And he wants to give us a new name, but it's a choice that we have to make. Ephesians 4, 23 through 24 says, be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, put on the new name, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. See, our new name reflects God, our Father, our true heavenly Father. That's what our new name reflects. It's not our graves, our mistakes, our past, what other people have told us. It reflects our heavenly Father. So how do we do that? So in order for us to do that, we must renew our thinking. And so what I'd like to do here is give you, uh, share with you the formula that I share with pretty much all of my clients. So you didn't know this, but today you're getting a free counseling session. <laughs> so how do we replace the negative mindsets? We replace them with God's truth by leaning into him. So lean looks like this. First, listen. What are the words that you speak to yourself when you're all alone? What are the words that you say? What are the automatic things that come out of your mouth? You spill the milk, oh, I'm so stupid. Oh my gosh, I'm always doing dumb things. I can't believe I did that again. I'm, I'm never gonna get anywhere in life. What are the words that you say to yourself? Listen to them, pay attention. Notice the thoughts that go with those words. What's behind it? What do you believe about yourself? A lot of times what I tell my clients is to, to take those thoughts and to write them down. What do you believe? I'll say, sometimes I'll say, sit over here and look at yourself and tell me how you would describe you. So think about those words. What do you say to yourself? What are those automatic thoughts? And then write them down. And then educate, educate yourself, that's the E, educate yourself on where did those thoughts come from. See, usually we just kind of move along, we don't really think about it. We just, we put these labels, I put that label on, not chosen, and just kind of move through life, didn't really think about it. Educate yourself, pay attention, notice where those thoughts, was it somebody's words? Maybe an angry parent or a teacher? that said things to you that weren't true and you just took it on and you believed it about yourself or somebody in society or in your school that said something about you and you just, that's, that's just truth. That's true about me. So educate yourself. Where did those words come from? And then educate yourself on the word of God. What does God say about you? And, and if you wanna know what God says about you, you have to read the word. <laughs> Open his Bible, get in there and start reading it. What does God's word say? But not just that, I think it's important to take those words and where, you, where they came from and lay them before the Lord and say, God, this is what I believed. What do you say? What are your words for me? God wants to talk to you. He wants to tell you the truth. So give him time, let him speak to you. And then next to those words, write the truth. Write what God says. But that brings us to A, which is really where 
We have a choice. This is where action takes place. And for a lot of the people that I work with, we might get through L, listen, pay attention, tune in. We might get through E, educate yourself on where it comes from. And we might even get to a place where we know truth. I know this is what God says. But we come to accepting God's word as truth. And a lot of people stop. It's where they stop. Because we have to step in and we have to choose to believe what God said is truth for us. His words are the truth. We have to choose at that point. I had to choose. And I'm gonna try to share this without crying, but I feel a little weak right now. <laughs> um, I had to come to that place for myself. And I, uh, I got married to a different man, praise God. <laughs> I got an upgrade in my husband. Um, <laughs> And I had two sons, and so I was living in a house with a lot of testosterone. And we even had two dogs that are both males. Um, so, you know, sometimes guys don't give love the way us women want. I'm a romance, I'm a romantic to the core. Um, I like my Hallmark movies as cheesy as they are. Um, and so there were times when um, my sons didn't want to hang out with mom. And, you know, so I might do the whole, man, you know, manipulative thing a little bit. Like, that really hurts my feelings, but okay. If you don't want to hang out with me. And, you know, I have two sons that were raised by a therapist. So they go, mom, you're being manipulative. <laughs> and I had to get to a place where I was like, yep, I am. Thank you for pointing that out. Um, but I remember being on a walk one time, my, my, one of my prayer walks, and I was upset. I was hurting my, my husband. He's, he's not a diehard romantic, if you know him. He's a bit intellectual. Um, love him. Uh, but I was crying, oh, Lord, why, why doesn't Brian love me more? And I remember very, I can tell you right now in my head where I was at that moment. And I remember the Lord said, your husband loves you as much as he's capable but you're trying to get something met that only I can meet. The Lord said, Tanya, you have been chosen from the day before you were born. You have always been chosen. And I had to come to terms with that, that title. And it wasn't truth, but I had to choose at that moment, was I gonna believe what God said or is I gonna let that old label stay with me? And I can't tell you that I perfectly walk this out every day now, but that was a moment that I will never forget and I chose to step into it. I chose to believe that I am chosen. I chose to believe that I have been chosen. <clears throat> And I'll tell you what, by believing that and stepping into that, I became a much better wife because I took a little pressure off my poor husband <laughs> and my sons, which my oldest is watching. I love you, honey. So, um, yeah, so we have to choose. So we come to A and we have to choose that God's word is truth and we have to choose to accept it and walk in it. And then we come to nurture. So a lot of people will say to me, Tanya, I know, I, I, I do, I believe that God says, it. I know it here, but I don't feel it. 
Yeah, it's okay. That's normal. Because our thoughts are the engine of the train. And our emotions are the caboose. And sometimes that train is really long. But you keep thinking truth. You keep stepping into truth. And eventually your emotions are going to go where your thoughts go. And so we comes to end where we need to nurture that thought. And how do we nurture that thought? We need to write it down. We need to speak it out. We need to pray the word of God. And we need to tell somebody, somebody that's close in our life, someone that we feel safe with, we need to tell them, hey, look, God's been showing me that I've been living under this label and I need to walk under this label. Will you help me? Speak it out. And here's why. Because our brains, I was talking earlier about our brains and, and that we can literally see the pathways in our brains now. So one of the things that we've come to understand is that when you have a thought that you think over and over and over and you repeat it, you create a pathway. It's like a branch in a tree in your brain. And your brain goes, hey, this is a really important thought. And so it, it coats it with a myelon sheath which makes it automatic. So I liken it like this. Uh, I'll tell a story of when I was growing up in Michigan, we would get a lot of snow. And I just, can I just make a side note here? If you think you know what cold is because you've been to Tahoe, people, you ain't got a clue. I've been to Tahoe when it's cold. You haven't been to cold. We're talking 20 to 30 below zero regular temperatures, that's Michigan cold. And so when we would get a snow, all of us kids, we'd bundle up kind of like the Michelin tire man, and we'd get our sleds and we'd go out to the hills. And we had some cool hills by my house. We had this one hill that on one side it was called Dead Man's Hill, the other side was called Killer Hill, and then the other side was Suicide Hill. And Suicide Hill was because if you got going really fast, at the bottom of the hill was a stream. It usually froze over. But if you didn't quite hit it right, you know, suicide hill. So we'd go out sledding all day long. And in the beginning, that'd be a nice soft pack of snow. So it'd be kind of slow. But after you're sledding for a while, you pack that baby down. It gets a nice icy sheen to it. And then we'd bring out the toboggans with the metal runners. Because if you brought the toboggans out at first, they just wouldn't go anywhere. But when it got a nice glassy, icy sheen to it, then the toboggans were fun. And if you really wanted to get fun, then you would grease those metal runners. You put as many people on the toboggan as you can, just a little push, and you're flying down that hill. You just go, hi. You have stalactites coming out your nose by the time you hit the bottom. That's the truth. There'd even be a little fire coming off the back of those sleds. That's what happens in our brains. When we think those thoughts over and over and over, the, the brain coats it with these myelin sheaths and it makes it that fast. That's why you spill the milk and you say, I'm so stupid. That's why you do, make a mistake and you go, oh, God, I do dumb things like this all the time. It's that automatic thought. So to change that, to create a new pathway, you have to practice the new thought. You have to speak it out. You have to, you have to read it. You have to say it. I tell people, put it on a, a little three-by-five card. Stick it in your bathroom. Stick it in your, in your car. Keep repeating the truth because eventually your brain goes, oh, this is an important thought. And it coats it with that myelin sheath and it becomes that new thought for you. I like to ask the band to come back up. Um, and Pastor Tim, I want to go to, to the last part of this verse, um, chapter, Romans 12, 12, chapter 2. The last part of that verse, verse says, do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that, so that what? 
so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. See, when we transform our thinking, we're better able to understand the will of God for our life. And, and again, God is the one who knit us together in our mother's room. He gave us our personalities, our gifts, our talents. So, he, And the reason he did is because he has a plan for our life. So when we're beginning to transform our thinking and thinking the way God would have us to, we're stepping into his will, which is a perfect shape for us. Again, I wanna return to this um, song that Jonah wrote, New Name. I had a chance to converse with Jonah a little bit, uh, message back and forth this week on some of his um, ideas behind the verses. And and you should have saw me when I got your answer because I had messaged him and he responded. I was in the mall and I stopped and I was reading and I was like, yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. And some people probably just thought I was talking to my phone, but... um, but I, the, the first verse says, we will not be passive. How can we doubt the change to come? And Jonah shared with me that his idea behind this was that sometimes it gets too easy to live without any motivation, to have no end goal. And that when we're just kind of going through life like that, it gets easy to become passive and to go on autopilot. And that's exactly what I'm talking about here. It's, it's, it's easy to be passive and just say, well, this is just what I've always believed, so I, it's too hard to change. I can't change it, it's too hard. It's easy to become passive. But God wants us to be, get active, to actively work on stepping into who he's created us to be. And I believe that San Francisco will be given a new name as we, his church, remove our graves, remove our false thinking and step into the name that he has given us. And that's my prayer for you today. Pastor Tim. There it is. (laughs) Come on, can we just thank Tanya one more time? My goodness. Would you do me a favor before you step down? Um, Obviously, I'm sure you pray. Well, I'm assuming you pray for all your clients. Maybe that's too much pressure. I don't know. Um, but as those who are, are going to drop our $175 in the offering on the way out uh, for the counseling session we just received, <laughs> would you pray over us just that this would be more than just a concept, that it would become um, something we actually do step into as, as a community? And then I'll, uh, I'll close out in prayer for those who maybe need to come to Jesus today. Would you just receive today? Just close your heads and bow your eyes. Uh, close, close your eyes and bow your heads, not your heads. Thank you, Jesus. God, I just, again, give you glory and honor. And Lord, I I pray right now that these words would sink into our hearts, that as people leave this auditorium or, or come to the end of the video at home, that they would stop and really think about what you're saying to them. What have they believed about themselves? Where have they believed things that are not of you, that are not truth? And what do you say about them? God, I pray that you would just really touch people's hearts to to be active and to realize that change is gonna come, that as they step into all that you've created them to be, change is going to come. How can we doubt the change to come? So I just pray for that, God, right now, that you would begin setting people free, that they would walk into all that you have for them. In your precious name, amen. Amen. With your heads bowed, your eyes closed for just another moment here before we conclude. Um, I think obviously the, the starting point for all of this is, is relationship with Jesus. You can't believe what he says about you without knowing who he is. You can't step into you know, his word without having uh, 
that, that assurance that you've made a decision to truly follow him with your life. And um, I'm wondering maybe even today, some of the, she talked about labels, maybe some of the labels that people have bought into. I, I've talked with many people who say things like, ah, I don't know, man, if I walked into a church building, that place would probably set on fire. God wouldn't want anything to do with someone like me and I'm beyond saving. And maybe that's your thought today or maybe that's where you've been living. But in the presence of God today and by the teaching of his word, you've just sensed that you need to get things right with him before you leave this place. I wanna make an opportunity for that. If you're here this morning watching online and you'd say, I'm far from God and I need, to, I need to restart this journey with him and I need to come close to him again and, and get started on relationship, would you just do me a quick favor? I wanna pray a simple prayer with you, but I wanna know who I'm praying with first. If that's you, would you just quickly lift up your hand and look at me so I know who I can pray with before we get out of here today? Thank you, ma'am, I got you right there. Yeah, I got you guys in the back, all three of you guys right there, that's awesome. Yeah, right there in the back, awesome. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, even if you didn't lift your hand, but you need to say this prayer, I'm gonna say this, you can say it in your heart and then I'll give you some next steps to follow. But just repeat this after me in your heart. Jesus, today I give you my life. I thank you for giving yours for mine. I wanna follow you. I know we've been at a distance, but I wanna draw close to you today. I pray that you'd forgive me of my past, that you'd begin the process of erasing these labels that I've bought into. And Lord, that you would begin to rewrite my history, rewrite my destiny starting today. As I make this decision to follow you, I pray that you would help me to be your disciple, help me to walk in your ways and according to your word from this day forward until I see you in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, can we just thank God for the five or six here in the room that made that decision this morning? That's amazing. Hey, before you rush out of here, just real quick, um, we are incredibly passionate about helping people take their next steps of faith here at the Father's house. And I want everybody to do me a favor, take out your phone real quick. Um, for those that just made this decision, I'm gonna tell you to text in just a moment. But for those who didn't, I want you to just help these not feel awkward about the only ones taking out their phone. You can take yours out, text somebody you didn't see, see at church, tell them you missed them here today. Uh, but for those of you who did say that prayer, I want you to text TFHSF to 97,000. You're gonna get back a card to fill out from there. Give us a little bit of information about yourself and then and at the conclusion of the service, I want you to head out to the connect table and we're gonna give you a Bible. We're gonna tell you about all your next steps. You can do what Brian did today. Brian, by the way, that was amazing. Thank you for sharing your story and getting baptized this, uh, this morning. Uh, we'll tell you all about baptism uh, and something called First 40 around here, which is the first 40 days of your journey. We wanna teach you how to pray, how to read that Bible, all about your next steps there, but please don't leave without taking advantage of that. Uh, for those watching online, same thing, text the same number. Uh, one of our team will reach out to you this week and we'll get all that sent out to you in the mail. I right, want we do this. Can we stand to our feet as we conclude? And I'm gonna have our prayer team come forward. If you need prayer for anything before you get out of here, please come this way and we'd love to pray for you. I hope to see you next weekend. If for some reason we can't, we'll see you online. We'll get all that information to you uh, this week. But if, uh, if I don't see you, we love you and we'll see you very soon. Have a great Sunday. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen to the Father's House podcast. We hope it helped you wherever you're at in your journey. And listen, we wanna pray with you if you're going through something right now that's difficult. You can go to our website, tfh.church, and click on the prayer and praise link and tell us how to join you in prayer. Until next time, be blessed.